0: Hello, I'm Tom McFarland, here with Philip Sipes this week, as every week. And this week, I have a mic stand. I feel so ecstatic about it, even though none of you at home understand the difference. This whole time, I've been, you know, the the mic has been resting in my lap. And now, the the mic is in the lap of luxury, uh, which is a mic stand. Uh, You'll just occasionally hear my dogs running by because... He has the zoomies right now, and that was a great time for him to get them.
1: Anyways, (laughs) Uh, viewers will be, uh, or or at least audiophile viewers, uh, (laughs) listeners will be um, disappointed to hear that I am, I I remain on my uh, Mir headset. Uh, It's a (laughs) a slightly higher quality, it's the same one I've always had, but, you know, it's certainly better than the uh cheapest one at walmart or whatever but um you know i don't i don't uh i'm not a audiophile myself so i i couldn't speak to what uh what's what they're missing what what they're uh missing out on or disappointing me and or whatever but <laughs> if there were problems with my audio i'm sorry to report that they will continue to happen and i continue to not know about them
0: so i rest assured i would have complained by now um and no your audio is always fine Sweet, uh, surpri- surprisingly fine but fine um oh no <laughs> it's just, i it's like a, that it is a headset in an unprepared space i expect like it to sound like you're shouting down a well at a tin can but no it actually always sounds pretty good um so this week, we're going to be talking about making bread, correct?
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, or not making it rather, uh, but uh, securing it uh, in a victory uh, over others. Uh, we're stealing, winning it.
0: S- Stealing my neighbor's pumpernickel.
1: Yes. Sure, exactly. Uh, I
0: think that's it, a type of bread. To the
1: degree that you could consider theft a victory. Uh, <laughs> regardless, uh, bread winning, yes, is the point. Uh, the we're going to be talking about the male uh the often uh thought of male expectation of being the breadwinner or at least the primary breadwinner um sole breadwinners are increasingly rare uh in 2022 but um even so i think that there's a a sort of expectation at least in a lot of men's circles that uh if you're making less than your your wife then there's something wrong with you uh or if you are a stay-at-home dad and your wife is working then there's something the matter or you know you're not fulfilling your masculine you know purpose or duty or whatever um so yeah we're going to talk about that talk about um both is you know is it still happening like is that still an expectation You know what what are the numbers around that what are the effects of that on men and um yeah just whatever else tends to come up in the conversation as you know the existence of of this exists in a society you may be surprised to learn and that uh means it's not in a vacuum and like always we'll probably have our you know at least once an episode uh you know uh, why capitalism sucks or whatever uh (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah it's um it should be a good one uh lots of interesting uh textures to this whole um conversation that should be um fun to dive into
0: yeah no i agree and this is one that i have a lot of strong feelings on um both in the general speaking of like as our society is a large you know like one of the things that always frustrates me looking at uh like financial data and graphs that talk about like uh household income versus in the 1970s or 1960s versus household income today and a lot of analyses of that fail in my opinion to take into account the fact that in a lot of those eras uh household income was a single person's income meanwhile today a household income is two people's income so when you're saying hey household income in 1970 is essentially the same as it is today once you count an inflation uh what you're failing to recognize in my opinion is that it's also halved because that was one person's income now it's two people's income so there's that like larger scale frustration that i have with this uh that i think is like it's a whole element of our uh the increasing strain on the poor and working glass that we don't even recognize existing. But it's also uh like yeah, personal frustration because it is um uh, I grew up with a stay-at-home mother who uh even though she was a a you know a woman she still faced a fair amount of criticism at times um, for whether she was working or whether she wasn't working. It's one of those things where women kind of get criticized. Uh, it's it, in any direction. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Like if you're a single mother, and, and this is also like, so I grew up with both single parents. For a while, my dad was a single parent, and for a while, my mom was a single parent when I lived with them separately. Um, and yeah, there's this element where as a single parent, you are damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If you work all the time, well, why aren't you at home parenting your kids? If you're at home parenting your kids, why aren't you at work supporting your kids? You're fucked if you do and fucked if you don't. Um, and then now, as a, uh, I'm currently working, um, but I will eventually be a stay-at-home father and uh, I've not, I've actually in, I've personally encountered a lot of supportive attitudes from family members and friends, but I know it's around the bend. It's going to come up sneaking up on me eventually.
1: For sure. Yeah. So to to sort of dive right into it, um, there's the first of all the, the question I always like to start with, which like is, which is um, the question of, is it real? um is there a um do are, are men more often uh sole breadwinners or major breadwinners um in society so um i found some numbers from pew uh which said that um the percentage of women from cup and couples who Earn as much or more than their male partner went from 13% to 28%. So it is evening out over time, or it's currently the trend is in that direction, I should say, um, to be the most precise. Uh, And the number of male breadwinners dropped from 87% to 69%. Nice of men. Uh, (laughs) uh, So it's still very heavily weighted uh toward men and being uh the primary breadwinner uh and very much still a present uh reality that the overwhelming majority of men are uh at least participating in the breadwinning of a family um to add some additional uh but you know let me step back from that and say um but then there's the open question of is it really an Is this just a, a natural outcome, or is, this a, is there an expectation going on here? Is it expected of men to do this? And that's why the numbers are the way they are. Um, so, uh, in addition, uh, the survey included um, actually it's some information about expectations 72% of men surveyed. So they believed it was important for the man in in a relationship uh, to be able to financially support his family in order to be a good partner. Obviously, I will put a pin in this for a second to mention that uh, obviously this survey uh, released by Pew is um, interviewing heterosexual couples. So there's a a whole additional axis of this uh, involving uh, the LGBTQ people um, that I'm going to, very thoughtfully and intentionally set aside for the moment to, uh, to focus on, to, to, get a, to get a clearer picture on the um, very specific masculine piece of this experience. But um, just know that that is a additional factor that deserves its own attention and thought, but we're going to set that aside for the moment. Um, so continuing on, um, just 25% of men thought a woman needs to be a breadwinner to be a good spouse. And on the flip side, women, 71% of women, so only 1% less than men, uh, said that a male partner needs to be a breadwinner to qualify as a good partner. Uh, but uh, where w- women deviate from men a little bit more is uh, 39%, so a full 14% more of women uh saying said that women should be able to be also a breadwinner for their family so um it seems that there's still a very very high expectation regardless of your gender that uh if you're a male you should be a breadwinner um so i think there's some very very clear data here that not only are men uh breadwinners at a significantly disproportionate rate but uh, the expectation of men to be breadwinners is present as well. Uh, so that I think is a baseline to begin with. Is that like yes, men are, and the expectation that we all know <laughs> is there is actually there, uh, and it's not uh, not a thing that's just in our heads.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it's one of these things that is intertwined into such a web of uh, things that we kind of take for granted as part of the hegemonic idea that is, it, it, you know, the patriarchal idea and uh, the idea of like, more like, yeah, I, I've, ever since I was a kid, not again, and I always have to reiterate this, not necessarily by my parents. My parents were... Uh, kind of unbeknownst to them, fairly progressive people. But from everyone else in the community that I grew up in, there was such an attitude of, uh, yeah, men take care of the house. Men are going to, you're going to, you know, you're as a man, it is your duty to make sure that financially the household is taken care of. Women shouldn't have to make money. Any jobs or work that women do should be uh, kind of for their own You know that's their own money, their own spending money is like a. It's trivialized it, which is, it's, and it's one of these things that I think in the framework of patriarchy that I grew up in is seen as a. Well, this is a good thing that men are doing very um, generously for women. You know, it's like the the holding women holding the door open for women kind of idea, when it's not. It it, it's it's a trivialization of. the reasons that people work, um, which do, like, there's the reasons that are the capitalism of it, which is we all have to work in order to survive. And this is where this idea really clashes with, mod- with modernity, if you will, is that we're all stuck in the economic situation where almost everybody has, to, both partners in a relationship have to work in order to keep afloat. Um, and so, once you have that clashing with this like guilt and shame of well, my wife shouldn't have to work, uh, it really ruins some relationships and some people's mental health. But it also is trivializing and is, uh, yeah, it, you know, like it takes. It's there's also another element of work where people want to do it. People, there, there's a reason why a lot of people are super unhappy after retirement because they no longer feel beneficial useful and helpful to their community because as a fundamental kind of rule of humans humans want to feel useful they want to feel productive and uh you know like everybody needs and wants them around and that, that is without that is beyond gender or sexuality or whatever that is just a thing that people do um and to trivialize that for women is a really shitty patriarchal notion that the community I grew up in really heavily embraced and participated in.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's funny, this starts to get at a, an element of this um, <clears throat> that I think is actually really important. That is, um, the difference between Um, something that people want to do and are naturally inclined to do and something that people are expected to do or even have to do and how that affects their perception of something I I think like there's a very real sense in which like there are things that I like to do but if if it becomes the expectation that I do them and it no longer is seen as uh doing a noble thing but rather sort of living up to the bare minimum it sort of ruins it you know for me um like i uh, i really enjoy uh painting miniatures i've mentioned this before um and i like doing it and i think it looks cool and i love having you know uh the little figurines that in my game that um match exactly what I wanted them to look like for the thing. It's very satisfying to like slam down a monster that looks, you know, exactly like the way you wanted to describe it to, to your role playing group or whatever. But if it started to become expected, like if the reaction from the players when I did this and slammed down, you know, like described this like fairy monster with this very specific look and then slammed down a mini to look just like it, if the reaction that I got from those people were like, yeah, exactly like instead of oh my gosh so cool wow amazing like what a what a neat thing to do i would be a lot less inclined to to keep doing it and i'd be even less inclined if everyone just like bitched every time like they didn't have a custom mini thing uh, yeah, for their encounter and it was just like oh oh just uh, just uh, you know some you don't have enough null minis so you you tossed in a couple orcs i guess all right you know like if that's the attitude that you're getting it it like sucks real bad because now like the best you can hope for is like people going like okay cool yeah just about what we expected like and that's just like not an exciting thing to strive for uh and so like that's certainly an intuition that i had but uh, interestingly (laughs) there are actually numbers to back this up as well so uh some data suggests that uh, i sorry, I've lost exactly. Uh, here we go. Uh, a study presented at uh, an American Sociological Association annual conference looked at 15 years of data on married people between the ages of 18 and 32 from the National Longitudinal Survey of Youth, uh, suggesting that uh, when men are their family's only breadwinner, their happiness scores fall five percent lower, and health scores, physical health scores, also score three point five percent lower, on average, than with both when both partners pitch in. Um, and there's a lot of um, so there's some numbers here that suggest that you know men are both uh, less happy and more unhealthy, uh, on average, if they're the sole breadwinner and there's a, uh, you know, this, this that's a complicated thing. Like, I mean, people can nitpick, I'm sure endlessly about like how do you measure happiness? Uh, although I think, you know, measuring health is a little bit more easily objective, but, um, there's there's a lot of factors that could play into that like um what did they control for is a question and um so you know things like um if your wife earns almost as much as you are you happier and healthier because you have more money (laughs) or you don't have to work as hard uh but they explored quite a few possible explanations, age, education, absolute income, and hours worked per week, but nothing accounted for the differential that they were seeing. Um, So there seems to be this sense of, there's an expectation imposed on one gender to be a breadwinner that is not present on the other. Um, And you know, uh, for example, previous studies uh, have shown that men who earn less than their wives are more likely to cheat. Uh, There's some sense in which like their their identity is threatened and they're seeking to reassert it or, you know, there's just this this feeling of um, emasculation that comes with a failure to be the breadwinner, and I, I really do think that um, this this stems from exactly the thing I was trying to describe is like when if if a woman um, becomes the major breadwinner, because this this dip in happiness and health is not seen in women. Uh, it's, it's someone rising to the occasion, almost overcoming a hurdle, right? Like you're a woman and there's, this, there's no sense in which like everyone expected you to do this. It's like, oh, wow, you got a job, you got to create, you're successful, you earn more than your man, despite the wage gap, all this stuff that like there's this sense of accomplishment and admiration that comes with that. And when a man does it, everyone's like yeah exactly like that's that's standard pretty normal um not that you know like and i don't want to give the impression here that like i think everyone you know deserves a, a pat on the back for you know doing the bare minimum but i want to question that this is the bare minimum that there should be an expectation on this that that men do the bread wedding and that, uh, women stay at home. Um, I think that this, that the expectation should be thrown out entirely and both, both, uh, jobs should be ad- admired. Women similarly, I imagine experience this on the other side. Like when women stay at home and take care of the kids, everyone's like, yeah, okay. That's what I expected. But like when men do it, like, yeah, you get that, like, oh, cool. You're a stay at home dad. That's awesome. Like, let me, let me uh, like, what's it like being a stay at home dad? You know, it's like, no one gets that kind of like admiration or a shock or, you know, impressiveness when uh, you're a stay at home mom. And mm-hmm. so like, I think that it's just like a really clear sign here that the expectation is sort of acting as a spoiler here for the whole thing.
0: A hundred percent. I agree so much. And I mean, that was kind of where I was, my brain was trying to go with it is where you ended up with it is like, you know, I I saw that with both of my parents when they operated as single parents. And I mean, and I, and I want to clarify here, there is a difference, you know, obviously between single parents and uh, a parent uh, and the household and a parent outside the household. Now during the like early part of my childhood, my mom was a stay at home mom and my dad worked. Um, Later on, my dad had some health issues and he was no longer able to work. And so and then my parents split up, and so anyways, I spent time living individually with each of them, and uh, they were at times working and not working. Uh, and yeah, from for my dad, um, kind of anything he did once he was a single parent was seen as a win-win. Everybody was just like, you know, when you're a single parent as a dad, everything you do is good. When you're a single parent as a mom, everything you do is evil. Um that's just something that is like built into. I, no, I'm not going to say that it's not built into our society. We build it into our society. We all actively engage in that and foster that into our society. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, there was there there was so much of that that I remember seeing then, and I've experienced a fair bit of it now, even for myself, where I definitely, you know, uh, women who make the decision who become stay-at-home mothers is like oh yeah no that's the thing i would expect that's normal that's the thing you would do i say you know hey i'm thinking about i'm probably gonna be the stay-at-home parent uh i get a you know more widely positive response from that and i definitely have seen that with other men like you know being i feel like some people kind of expect it from me because you know most people who know me know that i'm a very uh Oh, God, I fucking hate this word, but domestic kind of person. Like, you know, I am a, a handy person around the house. I know how to cook and clean and all of that kind of stuff. So I think like most people who know me are like, yeah, no, that makes sense. But yeah,
1: I thought but, you were gonna say progressive, and then I-
0: <laughs> no, I mean like that too. But uh, yeah, and I mean you know like it, one of like one of my things in media that I fucking hate the most. Like it just makes me furious at tv shows and movies is the trope of the bumbling idiot father who can't do anything you oh, know? can't yeah. clean can't take care of kids can't have an emotional range can't speak to anybody is just a useless piece of shit except for the fact that he brings home a paycheck so that nobody else in the house has to work um
1: this is a special shout out to peppa pig <laughs> fuck you peppa pig okay <laughs> I didn't even know I've... Uh... You will, okay? You will? <laughs> and it will make you very angry because, like, fucking Daddy Pig is, like, the most egregious example of this in, in the modern era that I can think of. Like, it's so infuriating. Like, I mean, like, obviously, I guess, like, Homer Simpson is probably, like the like, the most classical archetypal example of this, but I have young children, so... <laughs> We, so, we don't watch The Simpsons. We watch, or not anymore. We don't even watch Peppa Pig anymore, really, because both my kids are all too old for that now. But I did have to watch Peppa Pig for a very long time and <laughs> fuck the writers so, of that show for the character of Daddy Pig.
0: So I'm allowing it because of very valid emotion, but I just <laughs> talked about how good your audio quality is, and then you went
1: full airline pilot on me. But I, I got close to the mic
0: <laughs> to make that
1: sound on purpose okay that i want everyone to know that's very important and the only way to do that is to get closer to the mic so that they know i'm very serious okay
0: <laughs> well we know where the emergency exits are now but um <laughs> uh, it's yeah no it, it's so infuriating and it's one of those things that americans are especially bad about like Observing something in a TV show or a movie, and then being like, "Yeah, yes, that's how life works," and then just incorporating that into every element of their life. It's why every guy with a gun thinks he's going to be the hero when, like, six special agents from a foreign country like repel through the windows at three o'clock in the morning because you know they've watched too many action movies. It's we we do this to a point where. The expectation is that uh, men have no idea how to do any of the basic human maintenance jobs, like cooking for themselves or cleaning for themselves or talking to other human beings or anything of that nature. And so it becomes this thing when a man says, oh, well, I'm going to do that. He's applauded and praised to the end of the earth. Um, But if a man says... Or you know, yeah, if a man says, "Well, I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna go to work in a grueling 13, 14 hour job that I'm is gonna make me miserable and I'm gonna hate, but I'm gonna do it so that I can bring back a reasonable paycheck so that we can survive and make rent next month and you know have groceries." It's just like, yeah, okay, well, that's what you better do, you lazy bum. Uh, and it's that's the it's. again this is one of those instances where patriarchal notions hurt absolutely everyone when we talk about or at least when i talk about the patriarchy i'm not just talking about the negative ways it affects women i'm talking about the negative ways it affects men all of this stuff all of these ideas of uh you have to work infinite hours and provide all of the paycheck um, and then now everybody's going to think you're a bumbling asshole and idiot at the same time is that that's in no way positive for us, no way good for us, no way negative for us. And if you're, as the breadwinner, you end up circulating yourself more and more and more with the kind of people who hold on, hold on to those attitudes. Um, It just fucking sucks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's, it's rough too. Like, I mean, like I definitely like feel it. There's this sense of like, um, like, for example, like we've, Mentioned Red Redrick Collective, plenty of times on the podcast, uh, an organization that I helped start, and, um, plenty of that work is hard. It's it's hard work and it's mentally taxing work. It's, um, it's difficult. Um, and in many ways similar to the way that the work of my job can be mentally taxing and difficult. Uh, I'm a software developer but as a day job um and there's a palpable difference between the two of those things because when i do red dirt collective work even when no one explicitly you know gives me praise specifically there's this sense of i look at the thing that i've done and i go like That's good. And if I didn't do that, no one else would. And people will look at that and be happy that it's done. And there's this sense of knowing that, just knowing in the background, I didn't have to do this, but I did. And that's not true for my software development job. like. Uh, sure, there's this sense, of, like, if if I didn't do this, it's not necessarily guarantee that someone else would have, but someone else probably would have. They would have hired a different software developer, and that work would have gotten done eventually because some business owners wanted it done, and they would have hired the people to make it happen. And there's, there's this, just this background reality of, like, this is the expectation. No one's going to, like, if I, I know, like, if I go and I brag about something like Red Dirt Collective, does as an organization to at least people that are not actively hostile to the mission of rhetoric collective there'll be this sense of like someone goes like wow that's really cool i'm glad that that's happening like you know great i'm glad someone's doing that like there's this kind of sense of like very cool if i go and try to brag like i have a day job and i'm bringing a paycheck for my family like most people are just going to be like yeah me too or you know or you know cool like why are you mentioning this? You know, um, in fact, weirdly, um, there's only one group I can think of that actually does go out of its way to morally praise and, and glorify that expectate that, you know, expect expectation or the people that live up to that expectation. And that's the conservative circles, like the traditionalist circles. Um, And like, I just know this from, I mean, I was raised in that environment, uh, and they're certainly still very present in a lot of places in America. And uh, like, it's not surprising then, when you think about it, for the men that do choose to participate in this sort of traditional arrangement, that they find a degree of welcomeness in those circles, because those they feel this background lack of recognition and then someone finally gives them the recognition that they crave for the hard thing that they are doing and then they go like well this must be the group that gets it this is the group that gets me that understands me and like has the truth in some sense like it's not correct it's not the right rational conclusion to come to but like what else do you expect like people should just go and like slave away like basically the rest of their lives. And then like, have everyone be like, yeah, that's what you needed to do. Way to do the bare minimum bud. And you're like, I gave up 80% of my life to this, or, you know, like that sucks. Uh, so of course they're going to be attracted to the groups that recognize that now that's not me saying the conservatives have got it right. And we should all be like them, but I do think that we should be mindful of the fact that, um, just because something is the expected current state of society doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that the people that are doing it don't deserve recognition or praise.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's one of the elements to me of a lot of this is the wrap-up we have as a society in the the concept that a person's worth is measured in their productivity. And this is one of those things that I think has became a bit of a, um, well, of course, in progressive circles. Um, But I think it is very worth noting that outside of progressive circles, the idea that a person's worth is dictated by their productivity is still incredibly common. It is something that I encounter on an absolutely everyday everyday. Uh, basis. It's something I see in virtually every space outside of leftist spaces. It's just fundamental to the kind of the, the fabric of American culture. It's the reason that uh, Americans have hatred towards unhoused people is because unhoused people are seen as uh, unproductive. Well, they're not doing anything for society, so therefore they don't deserve to live. Um, this is the you know the hatred towards uh people who supposedly are believed to be abusing uh welfare systems and uh, aid systems uh towards disabled people, towards disabled veterans. You know, a lot of folks don't like to acknowledge this, but like the entire fabric of the veteran of the VA system, for instance, is based around deciding whether or not a veteran deserves uh medical care based upon what their job was and the how well they, how productive they were in their military service how their discharge was from their military service uh like i was just listening to a podcast with jason Kander on it cuz uh, jason Kander's a pretty okay missouri politician there aren't many of those um and he like he was discussing um a veteran that he had experience with who um he had Three DUIs while he was in service that happened between his three deployments to Afghanistan. So this veteran was dealing with PTSD, got very drunk and got behind the wheel of a car, three different instances during his service. He was dishonorably discharged. After that dishonorable discharge, he sought health. He, he sought medical care for his PTSD that led to him getting drunk and behind the wheel of a car three different times. He was denied. He's denied VA service because he has a dishonorable discharge. The idea that anybody doesn't like, I'm and not, I'm, I'm not over here caping for, you know, for uh, drinking and driving. That's something you should be held accountable for, but holding someone accountable is not denying them healthcare or den- denying yeah, them.
1: Exactly. Or, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, well, yeah. Like your bodily health is not a, is not a punishment. You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. And and the same thing goes for unhoused people. Uh, d- denying somebody housing because you don't find them product- a productive member of society is not a reasonable uh, punishment to do to a person or a thing to do. To. It's just not reasonable. Uh, for one thing, if you take away somebody's housing, they're not going to ever become a productive member of society. So your entire argument is fucky right from the get go. Um, but yeah, so all of this is to say that our system of society views productivity as a necessity for an individual's uh, worth uh, as a person. So where I'm getting with this <laughs> is, um, the, of course, that that's the underlying fabric of all of this, but it also really fucks over a lot of people who um, perform work in the household who are stay-at-home parents, uh, stay-at-home partners, who, uh, you know, I mean, like my mom was a stay-at-home mom for many years through the 90s, and she was absolutely punished for it um, by the fact that, you know, eventually I turned 18 and no longer was under their care. Um, So now my mom needed to find work and a career and a job and what to do after all of that. And congratulations, you get to start over because you have no resume now. You've been doing, from the view of capitalism, you've been doing nothing for the past 18 years. And nobody who is a stay-at-home parent uh, would take that statement sitting down. (laughs) Uh, You've been doing nothing for 18 years? Well, fuck you, buddy. I'll show you what nothing is. Uh, But that's exactly the way our society views uh, that. And it, uh, yeah, so it's this whole fabric of productivity, breadwinning, and what is considered productivity in our society is all completely defunct and broken. Uh, And recognizing that allows us, in my opinion, to come to a conclusion that maybe we should just let everybody do whatever the fuck they're comfortable with and not try to pressure them into working or staying at home one or the other. (laughs) And I think yeah. that's where a lot of this bad uh, not bad data. I'm saying a lot of this data that shows negative outcomes, I think that's where a lot of that is coming from. People are getting pushed into doing a thing that they don't want to do. Um for some men, I promise that some men want to be um you know, uh, You know, taker, carers of the house, however you want to phrase that, taking care of the household, homemakers, yeah, homemakers. There we go. Yeah, they want some men want to be homemakers. I want to be a homemaker. Like I, I, you know, part of like part of me becoming a stay at home parent is that my wife has a doctorate's and therefore makes more money than I ever will and has a career that she has spent her entire life getting. I'm not going to take that away from her, but also part of it is the fact that. I'm 33 years old. I've never worked at any place more than 5 years. Usually more than no more than 2 years. And I've been working since I was 14. Uh there I ne- I cannot conceive the idea of retiring from any place of employment I've ever held without just wanting to like my brain goes bad places when i think about the idea of that it is unsavory i have the workplace isn't for me honestly um and it's taken me 33 years to figure that out uh the idea of being a parent taking care of the household and being a homemaker is in every way infinitely better to me. Uh, I know it's an enormous amount of work. I know it's just as much labor. I know it's, if anything, it's probably going to be more labor with a baby in the house and everything else, but it is, it's mine. Like, that's that's mine to do with, while otherwise my life always belongs to someone else and that bothers me. That being said, there are other men and women and people who don't want to do that, who want, just like I just said, my wife fought from the time she was 12 to have the career that she has um that's hers that is what she wants to do that is her path Um, and then that's how you know like we got to let people live and do their own thing and not uh try to bend them to our authoritarian systems of patriarchy
1: yeah and people will be so much happier about it and like in what i think like I know we kind of keep coming back to this point in some ways, but like in, in a way that's actually like kind of counterintuitive, like um, you know, a lot of the times when we talk about like um, gendered expectations and gendered like issues, you know, the, the thing is like, Oh, well women can't do this or men can't do this. And men, or women would like to do this and so like letting them do that would make them happier and it's like okay that's obvious kind of in like a very basic way like yeah i get that or whatever and you know people have arguments about it or whatever but like the 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 through line there is fairly clear it's like person can't do thing they want to do let person do thing this one is actually like weirdly um it's almost like a, a accident <laughs> of, of doing, pushing a gender equality angle here is that like, it'll make everyone happier, not because they'll be enabled to do a bunch of new things that they can't do, but rather because the expectation of them being forced into that is gone. Now, even if they choose to do it, even if, you know, um, even if like some of the right-wingers are just like right and like you end up with like mostly still men in the workforce or whatever and nothing changes because this is the natural inclination of men. Like even if that's true, removing the expectation would, would still solve the happiness problem, would still solve the, 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 the mental health and the physical health issues because like there wouldn't, like when men chose to have their career, people might go like, I mean, that's pretty typical for a dude, but like, cool, like, great job. Like, that's uh, uh, a great thing to do. No one's making you do that. And, uh, you know, someone's got to do it and you're doing it and good on you for that. Like, there would be that kind of feel to it instead of this feel of like, well, yeah, <laughs> of course you did that. What else are you going to do? Like, it, 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 you don't even have to be like. I don't think in this particular instance, like super hyper-progressive and like up on all your like leftist theory type stuff to like even get this one. This one's just like a, like a, it just sucks to be expected to do things. And then like, no one appreciates the thing that you do because you were expected to do it. That just sucks. And it, it, when it's on a systemic level like this, it sucks even more because like that whole thing is like passively done to you no it's not even like a. uh my partner nags me a bunch to do this thing and now i have to do it and then when i do it they don't thank me they just like go okay finally it's done right it's like um it's not even stated <laughs> but like you know it's there and everyone knows it's there and uh so like you can't it becomes difficult to even talk about it and so getting rid of this whole thing would would just be great for everyone involved
0: agreed and there so there's this entire concept too that exists of bullshit jobs the idea that uh american capitalism is rife with jobs that are they don't do anything they just like force people to work and they're jobs that you go to and you accomplish nothing. You're like, why the fuck do I even exist here? I'm just pulling a paycheck. A lot of people had these. I've had several of them. My last job was one of these. And this, this is where I'm going to get into my kind of, this is a a spicy opinion I may have. Um, (laughs) And that this is hot take alert. Yeah. This is in a lot of ways, the way that we've seen this expand over the past 40 years is a capitalistic reaction and co-opting of women entering the workplace. And obvi- now, I have to put a huge disclaimer right here at the beginning. I am obviously as just dis- everything else I've discussed in this podcast, 100% about anybody who wants to be in the workplace, being in the workplace.
1: I think uh, we got, we got ourselves a, Jordan Peterson over here, guy. I think. <laughs>
0: <that> <laughs>
1: okay, the... no, I, that was said in sarcasm in case it wasn't obvious. <laughs> no, no, right. no, no, I, I got you. <laughs>
0: um, but like there was obviously the, the there had to be a fight to allow women to enter the workplace. That existed. It was a long protracted one, and it was one uh, that victory of is very well deserved capitalism as we both know is a hydra You cut off one head two more grow in its place um you know one of the things that like you know reading like anarchist and and communist history you run into all of these different anarchists and communists writing all the way back into the 19th century writing about how oh capitalism is on its last legs this is going to be the time it collapses and it never does because it adapts like The one thing capitalism is really fucking good at is adapting.
1: Yeah, it is as intelligent and clever and adaptive as the collective wills of humanity, as long as it is the hegemonic sort of like, uh, you know, the big big boy in charge, you know, it's going to be as smart as the smartest person and as adaptive as the most adaptive person.
0: Yeah, so what should have happened with... Women, like, and I don't really know what to phrase that as I'm not sure I've ever heard it phrased, but women's right to enter the workplace. Like, with that win, what should have happened is what they fucking promised us since the 1950s, which was this idea that work work would be super automated and, you know, it it should have maintained only one person having to work for a living. It should have been this blending of some men stay home and take care of the kids and are homemakers. And some women go to work and are breadwinners and vice versa. It should have been this blending of all of that. That's not what happened. Did I just close this meeting? I don't think so. Oh, sorry. Um, technical You just stopped very suddenly. I was like, what? <laughs> um, things, I, chaos ensued. Sorry. One second. Okay. That's The way not... you ended
1: that sentence did not sound like you were done. <laughs> it was not. I was like, and then you just stopped. I was like, what happened? <laughs> Sorry. So
0: that's not what happened. What happened is capitalism realized that it can make everybody a member of the workforce okay yes women can enter the workforce men you all better stay in the fucking workforce women you can also enter the workforce just kidding you all have to enter the workforce and you're going to make 20 percent less and that's where we're at today every single person is more or less expected to enter the workforce if you don't enter the workforce and maintain yourself in the workforce and you go you know even six years uh, just until your kids enter uh, elementary school and you don't uh, have a resume for those six years we're going to punish you when you re-enter the workforce oh now you got to restart all over again if you're even allowed to enter the workforce it's this system of like we have more workers today than we have ever had and we have more automation than we have ever had There's no need for the 90% of jobs that exist out here that are just bullshit fucking jobs that don't accomplish anything. I would bet that a solid percentage of our listeners of this podcast are listening at work because your job doesn't have you fucking do anything. And it's doing that because the primary uh, uh, income source for capitalism is the worker uh, and labor and... Yeah, that's the grift. I mean, like I'm, you know, and I absolutely can't stress this enough that the end goal end thing here is that I think uh, men and women and non binary people should all be able to choose whether they want to work where they want to work and what they want to do with their lives. I think we should have this thing called freedom. Uh, which is the ability to choose how we live our limited are you of time saying on as a red-blooded planet?
1: American you love freedom
0: I am
1: <laughs> mind exploded well and, uh. a, and an interesting point of this and like for example like um, from my own personal experience like my wife and I have the conversation about like what we want to do and um, what um, you know finances will allow and all that kind of stuff and You know, uh, a reality of it is that, like, my wife could in the workforce and we would in a sort of pure uh, gross income sort of sense, make more money. But the overwhelming majority, if not the entirety of what she would make is going to go to one place, and that's child care. Like. Which which goes to show you that capitalism has adapted in a beautiful way, like women start to demand, like as a beautiful way in the sense of its elegance and from an engineering sort of perspective, it's beautiful and like a, a very clean way, maybe I should say. And then they go, oh, cool, that's fine. Uh, you guys can go ahead and enter the workforce. We'll just create an entire market of childcare because all these children are still going to need to be raised. And you guys were doing that for free, which we loved. But instead, uh, we'll just pay you the amount of money that you'll need to then pay to the people taking care of your children. And boom, we're in the exact same place. Uh, thing is done, uh, and now we've just got uh, a lot more workers creating value. Like it's not, uh, uh, it's not a problem. Uh, just this very clean solution and that's that I've heard that story hundreds of times, people just saying like, yeah, well, you know, we talked about like doing, you know, where were we both working or whatever, but then we realized that like, you know, all their salary was going to uh, go to childcare anyway. And it's like, well, what's the point? Like, you know, might as well be raised by your actual mom or your actual dad because um, why go do a job and a career unless you're like really the only people that I know that do it anyway despite that are the people who honestly are just two very career-driven people neither of whom feels like they would be a good candidate to stay home and raise the kids all day and which case like that's valid but like it's certainly like not uh resulting in a uh uh You know, the sort of promised paradise of like, oh, now maybe, you know, two people can work, but you each work 20 hour weeks. And now uh, you make as much money as you did before, but you have so much more time to spend with your family. And then soon automation will replace all of this and we will all sit around and the robots will bring us our food. Um, But it turns out who owns the robots in that magic future matters. And who owns the businesses in the future that we're in right now, where men and women both work, matters. And they aren't going to continue to they aren't going to play the game in a fair way. They're not going to look at that and be like, oh, well, this does make sense, or it'll work less since now we have higher productivity per person. because that has continued to rise astronomically year over year for decades. Uh
0: their concern right now isn't how to get us out of the workforce, it's how to get younger and younger children into the workforce. And I sound like I'm being extra in saying that but I mean that's literally the tweets that that that's the thing that the Teslas and stuff are saying is uh, it, that's the thing that libertarians are pushing for is uh the dissolving of child labor laws and well why aren't 13 year olds allowed to work in McDonald's they should be if they want to uh, that is literally a political argument I've heard
1: too many times yeah it's it's a it's a nightmare and they won't like fundamentally the people who own and have that power will not surrender it um in in a way where they they won't reach a point where they go like you know what actually we've had it we have enough now we're good like they will extract as much as possible because it's the only thing they know how to do and they'll keep doing it until they have blood you dry or until we stop allowing it to happen
0: agreed and speaking of things that have been bled dry my free subscription to zoom is about to be bled dry (laughs) (laughs) i've really got to start paying for things around here um i am uh what can i say i'm a lazy uh not breadwinner to this podcast <laughs> but, uh, same though <laughs> um, but yeah no i uh i am on board i this is a this is a frustrating topic for me, even though like again like as a white cis male i'm as a uh somebody who is celebrated for uh being a father, i am still like frustrated like i i end up feeling a lot of guilt over this one and uh, that's a thing to talk about in the future. But yeah, this is a hot topic. This is an important topic that I think affects pretty much all of the men I know. And uh, yeah, thank you all. Thank you for bringing data and information and uh, a lot of insight to this, Philip. Yeah, so, of uh, course. Thank all of you out there for joining us. Uh, we are back. We're going to start doing these weekly episodes more and more in the future. Uh, so Yeah. Thank you all for joining. Oh, uh, of course, check out Red Dirt Collective. Check out all your local organizations. Organize, find a co-op, do some cool stuff. Um, Organize, 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 because you haven't heard it enough from every leftist you know. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, or whatever time of day it is. Thank you.